Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. Our gospel this morning comes to us from John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, "'Woman, why are you weeping?' She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. So for the last six weeks of Lent, we have been looking each Sunday morning at questions brought up by the scripture readings. And so today's question for Easter Sunday is, who are you looking for? And it comes, of course, from that question we just heard Jesus ask to Mary Magdalene outside the empty tomb. But it's a question for us as well. Why are you here? What brought you to church this Easter morning? Maybe you're here because a family member said, get up, it's Easter, and like it or not, we are going to church today. Maybe you're here because you got an email a few days ago that said, congratulations, it's your week to usher or serve communion. 
And it's a lot of work to find someone to swap with on Easter. (laughs) Maybe you're here because you've never missed an Easter Sunday in church, and why start now? Church is what you do on Easter. Or perhaps this is your first time here, or maybe your first time in a while. Thanks for coming. But I wonder, what are you seeking from today's service? What are we looking for? Who are you looking for? Like I said, we've been thinking for weeks now about this idea of seeking, of longing for God, wondering, wondering what God is up to in our world, in our church, in our lives. And today, this morning, our wondering has brought us here to Easter. Who are you looking for? There's an old joke about a little girl at church who came to church service and she came up for the children's message. And the pastor said, okay, I'm going to describe something. I want you to tell me what it is. It's small and brown, has a bushy tail, it climbs trees, it eats nuts. And the little girl looked confused. She turned to the pastor and said, you know, it really sounds like you're talking about a squirrel, but I know the answer is Jesus. Because the answer, we know that, right? The answer in children's messages and Sunday school, it's always Jesus. And so, of course, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is who we're looking for. But on that first Easter Sunday, when Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb, it's not clear in that early morning who exactly she's looking for, what she's expecting to find. According to the other gospel writers, she has a job to do. She's on a mission. She wants to finish the task of anointing Jesus' body for burial. They'd started when he was buried, but it was Friday. It was the night of the Passover and the Sabbath, and so they didn't have time to finish. They had to stop working and go home, so they left his burial only partially complete. They rolled the stone there, but they hadn't finished anointing him. So she comes back early, first moment that she can to finish that. But surely... Mary is seeking something more than to just check off a task on her to-do list, right? Maybe she's looking for a sense of closure, some sort of hope, perhaps, that she hadn't wasted all of that time that she'd spent following Jesus. Maybe just some alone time early in the garden at a cemetery, alone time to process her grief and the roller coaster that she and the other disciples have been on, Time to be alone or with the other women and to wonder what happened? Where did it all go wrong? And what she finds at the tomb is not solitude and peace, but rather emptiness. And there was not supposed to be emptiness. There was supposed to be a body there, not just empty grave clothes. And so Mary's first thought is not, hallelujah, Jesus is risen, death is defeated, he's alive. No, her first thought is they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they've put him. More questions. That's what she runs back and tells the male disciples. And so Peter and the other disciples go and discover the empty tomb for themselves, but they too do not understand what has happened. They give up, or go home at least to process. But Mary stays by the empty tomb, weeping, wondering. And two angels ask her why she's weeping, and all she can say is that they've taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have laid him. 
And then Jesus himself appears asking who she's looking for, asking that same question again. And still, she does not recognize him until he addresses her by name. And then she gets it. Then she understands. She has her answer. This is the one who knows her. And in return, she recognizes and knows who he is. And she recognizes and understands that the tomb is not empty because the body's been stolen, but because Jesus is alive. Christ is risen. risen. There you go. (laughs) Hallelujah. This is not theft, but resurrection. This is something new. And resurrection changes everything. Easter, that empty tomb, Jesus walking and talking with his disciples after death, this is the proof that Jesus is who he says he is. This is the proof that he is God with us. Hope is restored. There is purpose and meaning. I'm not saying that Easter eliminates all of our questions. I'm not saying that Easter just suddenly makes everything better for us, and when you go out of here, everything's perfect. I'm not going to stand here today and say that death is not real, even if resurrection is. In fact, we began the journey to the cross, the journey to Good Friday and then to Easter, back on Ash Wednesday with the words, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It would be, what, naive, foolish, short-sighted, inauthentic, to look at the world around us and to not acknowledge that death is real. The world is broken. Innocent people are shot to death. There are heart attacks and car crashes and chemo treatments that no longer work and brain infections. There are people without enough food to eat, girls who aren't allowed to go to school, dictators invading their neighbors. We have plenty of evidence for the reality of death and evil. This does not always look like God's good creation, and so we have questions. But in spite of so much brokenness, in the face of all the reasons to just stand and weep, despite the grief that we feel at the loss of loved ones, Easter promises death does not get the last word. Evil does not win. There is an ultimate answer to all of our questioning, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he is alive and risen. Is that a predictable answer to hear at church? Of course it is, because it's true. This is the message we have to proclaim as God's people. Death cannot defeat our God. The grave is empty. And because Christ has been raised, we too shall be raised. We don't get all the details. We don't get all the answers that we might want in the short term. But we do get the final answer. And the final answer, the answer at the end of the story, is life, not death. Hope rather than despair. Joy over sorrow. Easter testifies that the worst thing that this world can do, the worst results of our sin, the cruelest death we can come up with, is not enough to defeat our God. Instead, God takes the cross, that instrument of death and torture, and transforms it into a symbol of life. The evidence of God's love 
for even the most broken parts of the world. Christ is risen. Christ. He's risen indeed. Alleluia. That's so much fun. <laughs> and faced with this good news, faced with this eternal hope, may we join today with Peter and Mary Magdalene in announcing the resurrection, proclaiming that good news, sharing the answer, testifying that there is meaning and purpose in life, that there is hope beyond the brokenness of this world, that God is at work redeeming this good creation. Who are you looking for? If you're looking for Jesus, you're in the right place at an empty tomb. If you're looking for hope, for the promise of life, know that the tomb is empty and death has been defeated. When you are overwhelmed by the tragedies and the losses and the sorrows of life, may you recognize Jesus calling to you, offering hope, offering resurrection. New life has begun because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.